1: You're listening to Achtel Rawal, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Accept no substitute.
0: And there you have it, Mirwal, 8,882 days since the Addicts last defeated the Lions in London jake Cooper was the difference in the end. The seventh goal between him and Hutchinson this season, getting on the the end of uh, a, f- a fierce drive from Mahoney that was spilled by Phillips. And Mirwall are still jubilant, celebrating with the block of flats in the corner of the valley that just about to see the the pitch. Mirwall now have their playoff push back on track, and we will have. Gary Rowett hopefully speaking to us soon via Zoom. But even with all of that said, it's an empty ground. The players are the only ones celebrating and it's not quite the same without the Lions bouncing in the way end of the Valley. Will Gary Rowett care? Probably not at this moment in time. A win's a win. So there we have it from the Valley 1-0 to Wall against Charlton Athletic. I think that was a challenge tonight, really. It's, it's As much as you don't want to lose a local derby, we had to try and win it. Um, we had to try and make the changes that reflected us needing to win it. Um, and we tried everything we could end up with one of our centre-halves. Um, I think showing our system works at times and one of our left centre-halves Coops, ends up in the box for a finish in open play. You know, it's not a set piece, it's open play. And, and I think that ambition just about deserved us to win the game. So yeah, we're still in it and we'll keenly watch, with no pressure at all, how the results go tomorrow. You're listening
3: to Acton Millwall. Big thank you to Oscar O'Mara for that match report from last night in the, the rain of South East 7. Um, welcome now to our regular Acton Mill guest, Mr Ryan Loftus. You were there too last night, Ryan. What a great night out, a rainy night in South East, seven for you too, mate.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I think I've been away from football for too long, I'm forgetting how cold it can get up in the up in the stands, especially when there's a lot less people in there, but um, good yeah. morning first of all, Nick, um, how, how are you, I hope you enjoyed the festivities from uh, from your sofa?
3: I did, um, I mean, just saying off air listeners that, um, you know, nothing beats beating a Cholton trol- on a Friday night, because you kind of go to bed happy, hopefully you're in bed happy, and then you woke up the next morning happy. And, you know, that's that's what, that's what football mill is all about, isn't it? I thought it was a real strong performance last night, Ryan, in the rain. And it was a tough, tough gig generally for, for, for any team to go into, you know, a, a windy, rain-swept valley, never the most atmospheric of places at the best of times. And to go there and pull off such a strong overall performance and nick the win, I thought was a real tribute to Gary Rowett and his team.
4: Yeah, I think... Um... It was it was really impressive. I think in a couple of different ways as well. I think, I mean, Rao was right after the game. He's saying about how Millwall were, we played well against Barnsley and Swansea, and he said, you know, we did deserve two points from that, that six or from those two games. You know, so I think I think everyone would would tend to agree with that. I think Millwall could have, if a, with a bit more quality, come away with six points from the last two games. So yeah, to finally get back on track with a win, and especially you know a big win. Um, over over Charlton. So it's not just not just a draw, not just maintaining the unbeaten record, but to get the win and throw ourselves right back in the playoffs. It's um or into the playoff race at least. Um it's a it's a really big thing and it was a it was a really impressive um performance for him, I think. I did don't you, know. Oh,
3: Donald did you like the starting eleven? I mean the return of yes yeah, up front. Did you like the formation? Do you like the I did, I did mainly because it was it was something
4: different and it's it it's so it was like the three the five three two which other than maybe changes slightly in game, Millwall haven't played before. Um, Kind of a new system, Jed and Smith up front. Although really at times it was Millwall attacking with Smith at the peak and then six players behind him with Wallace and Romeo pushing wide, Molumbi and Leonard pushing and then Jed in the middle. I thought it was a real show of attacking intent and it was something that with Millwall with a a few injury problems, um, especially in the attacking department and with a kind of a lack of, Confidence, I don't know, trust in some of our attacking options. It was it was interesting from Rowett that he's tried something new. You know, it shows that he's not winding down for the season. He, no, he's not. He is he's searching not. for solutions. Mm. And I thought it worked really well. I think the way Woods played just in front of the back three was really, really impressive. Um, in the first half, he was he was actually outstanding. Um, you, you gave him
3: your highest rating. I've just been looking at your new shopper column that you do. <clears throat> And you've given uh, Ryan Woods, I think, an eight. And I think that's man of the match from your perspective. Is that? Is that am I right in, in that reading?
4: Yeah, I think it would have been um, a close call with Jake Cooper, obviously, with yeah. the late goal. Because um, Cooper's, I mean, Cooper's just fantastic. I'm sure we'll have more on him later. But yeah, Woods, that, that first half, I think, was um, the first half. The second half, they shot him down a little bit. They just plonked a man on him. I think McGealy for the most of it. So I think I look at him, He made 35 passes in the first half and 13 in the second. So obviously a lot less effective. But... I don't know because we didn't have the crowd noise in the stadium um, because obviously that was being done by Sky. So what Mm. we really got to hear the players, and what really surprised me was how uh, much of a leader he was. Right. Obviously he he was standing just in front of Pierce, and Pierce is just there, really barking orders and organising. You can hear him shouting um, people to drop, people to stay, uh, like Barron, Harrigan, the ref, like. um, But Woods actually in front of that four really, or in front of the midfield was just really calling the shots, taking the ball telling people they've got time, turn, like really, really in control of everything in front of him. When players were turning back inside and maybe playing a pass that was out of their view, generally that was Woods calling them and letting them know the option was there. And I think that was something that was, rather than him just being in that position and playing the positions and keeping it going, that really helped us dominate the first half. But his overall performance and kind of presence on the pitch was much more impressive than it usually is in a two. And I think think he's used to playing that deep kind of solo role normally in midfield threes in like four three three when he was back at Brentford. so that's you know that's his natural position really rather than along a two sitting deep. so to see the chance of us to kind of dominate the ball and for him to to flourish, I thought he was really really impressive.
3: yeah i mean it's it's really interesting to hear that because obviously uh, woods since he's arrived he's had a mixed mixed bag of reviews and I include myself in that you know obviously it's different when you're in an empty stadium because you're you're, in a strange way, you're gaining an insight into his actual presence within the team there, and the same for mm-hmm. Pierce, who the more established um, professional, whatever you want to call it. But it's interesting to hear that Woods adopts that 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 kind of um, on-field leader's role. Like, I wouldn't have yeah. I wouldn't have thought that if I'm going to. No, be No,
4: it, 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 it did surprise me to be honest. And um, I think what is interesting is he he didn't have a good game when we came back against Derby. He was he was a little bit off the pace. I know a lot of people were really unhappy with kind of his work rate. And he just wasn't quite there. And obviously he got dropped for the Barnsley game when we had a week in between. And you know, that might be rotation plan ahead, but that could well be Rowett getting into him a bit and being like, look, we've brought you in. You've, you've played well before the break. Um, he was looking really comfortable alongside Mullumby. Yeah. And he was really, really poor that game. And I, since he's come back into the side against Swansea and um, against Charlton yesterday, I mean, against Swansea, I thought Williams was slightly better, but the both of them were excellent. Um, and then against Charlton again, he's done really, really well. And that's I know I know Harry was kind of digging him out and um Aaron was saying about, you know, questioning his attitude as at Stoke and then happy to ship him out. And I think that is a big question mark, especially for someone who would demand quite a lot of wages if we were going to take him on permanently, someone with an attitude like that. But for me, the reaction that he's had to maybe being dropped and coming back in, that that's a really positive sign.
3: I know I know Oscar's a fan, he he posts regularly on on twitter you know extolling the virtues of, of, of ryan woods would you call yourself a fan of his in that case ryan or is, um, the, is the jury out still a little yeah i think or? the jury's
4: still out i think he's he's obviously a player with um good like quality good ability on the ball i agree that maybe he lacks a bit of end product but also when he's sitting playing that kind of quarterback role he doesn't he he's not necessarily he's the one maybe making the pass before the pass you know what i mean um so i think that there the jury is still out but um you know, it, obviously the the, the will kind of have to make a decision by the summer if Mill we're going to take him on permanently. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, and and the finances will be a big part of that because we all can't go, afford to go splashing the cash. But if Rowett sees him as someone, he could maybe build the team around with a bit more quality. But that even just the glimpse of the the little chipped pass for Jed Wallace, that yeah. um, was a really really good save from Dylan Phillips. Actually, I thought um I don't know I obviously didn't see the highlight, but um I thought that was a really no. really good save. That was um, a beautiful move. Beautiful move. Yeah, love, and it was like really good to work the space. And Millwall had just been every time like it's very it's typical now. It's hard to say more about Millwall because it's the same problem. We get to the edge of the box and we just can't play that pass through or work it through. And just obviously from the stands, you saw Jed Wallace run in, and that little dink is you know something you see on the Premier League that people would highlight a match of the day as like a lovely little move. And it was just um that was just a glimpse of maybe what he could do.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously watching on the TV and you know the the quality of the pass. And let's say it, listeners, the quality of Jed's run because he held his,
1: he yeah, held his, a,
3: a step behind the Charlton. Defense. I mean, they had a camera showing the angle quite nicely. Uh, and it was one of those unconventional runs into the box, kind of a sideways run and then a curve around, and the ball yeah. was played. You've got to have the vision to see that pass, Ryan, haven't you? And, and it found him. And, you know, I thought it was a good save by the Charlton goalkeeper, um, who I thought actually did well last night because, you know, we, we, we did have chances and I thought he, he did a job for them. I also I mean it was a strong team performance right but also I want to mention before I forget him is his, his Bart because um yeah. Charlton didn't have much but when they did get shots on goal there were shots there to be saved and he did well
4: so really really good saves and it's 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 odd because it's almost we're almost taking it for a given now I think every game he makes at least one like even against the Barnsley game he made um made quite a few comfortable saves but he was making the saves and it's the, the one in the first half of Macaulay Bond running straight Bond, I, that thought, was it. Yeah. I thought that was one-nil. Um yeah. it was, you know, it was a bit of a bad finish. He kind of tried to squeeze it under him, but but so good at spreading his legs. And obviously, where some people's spread and obviously split their legs, like kind of David De Gea style and get slid through the middle of them. He yeah. he kind of does it in a bent way and blocks that path. And then in the second half with um Chuck Tanigue, he had a really good strong um, right hand to that. And there's just a couple saves um and a couple also just claiming crosses. It's such a um an underplayed kind of part of a goalkeeper's job that because it just completely kills an attack dead but for a defence that aspect a couple um, crosses that he took under real pressure with two or three players around him and it just alleviates everything because the second half Mill were struggling um, for long periods of it and I thought that was Again, a really good sign of the character of the squad that we we kept it nil 0 and then we helped, went on got, the win, like, got win. especially yeah. after the run we've had and the lack of confidence that they must be having um, without a win in three since they've been back from the restart. So, um, it's, yeah, he's it's such a big part of the team and it just helps Millwall so much in terms of the points we pick up and the points, the times we can stay in games and things like that. It's uh, oh. um, he's an excellent player.
3: Yeah, I, I know that um, you know you just name checked Touch as having one of his. I don't know a poorer game, but you gave him a six out of ten for for his show last night. I I I, I thought that was harsh, Ryan. If I'm going to be honest, I thought <laughs> you, I I think you're being um you you're you're going down Harry's road here, being harsh on players. I thought, I, thought just, I just did. All a it was, I night. don't know. I think it's um <laughs>
4: I, might, I don't think six is as bad as I think you know the ratings. I mean, if you watch the if you look at the uh, the ratings in Lequipe, the French football magazine, they are they do the best ratings because I think a five for them is maybe a seven here in England. So, right. you open one of their papers and they've got twos and threes and fours. They look, <laughs> they look, they look, they look absolutely brutal. But no, I think it's, it's mainly just because Hutch was playing so, so well um before the lockdown. And I think since we've come back, he's just been slightly off it. He's still... Yeah, I, I know thing, what you mean. The thing I with Hutch is he's 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 always really good. I like, was just looking at his stats. I like, made a load of interceptions, a load of aerial jewels. He does loads of defensive, obviously, all of his defense stuff really well. But out of the three centre backs we have, he has a howler in him. He has a a lack of discipline or a a moment of switching off. There was a couple times there was a a sloppy pass that um he 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 laid and that, that gate got Charlton in for a for a chance. There was a time where he let his man get in front of him slightly, and that um I think was hammered when he put that wide. So there was just a couple things where just sl- um, silly mistakes that he just doesn't normally make and um. I don't know, nothing to be concerned about, but I think especially no. Pierce, Pierce Cooper played really well alongside him as well, so um, it makes up for it. To be
3: fair. Did you like Ryan Leonard's show last night? I thought he was better. Um, whether, whether I think he's in the right uh, position or not is, is a question that I'm still not. Um, I'm not. I haven't solved it yet. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm still um, weighing that one up. What, what did you like? Uh, did, what did you like or didn't you like last night about him? Um, I, 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 don't think I could really
4: say that. I don't think he he didn't do anything bad. He was quite good in the defence, uh, defensive side of it, when Mill were keeping their shape. Again, I think that was Woods in the middle really orchestrating Malumbi and Leonard when to push and when to tackle. Um, yeah, he did well that. But that's obviously the, the side of his game that he's really good at. Going forward, tidy on the ball, we didn't give it away a lot, but he's just not offering much and. He's an odd one because he he is a very we talk about like a, a Neil Harris type player. He is a very Neil Harris type player, kind of in a four four two, winning the like he's really good um, in the tackle, really good at winning the ball back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His passing isn't amazing, um, so he's not going to be someone who's unlocking defenses. So in that, I think in a, in a Gary Rowett team, maybe he doesn't offer as much. I think maybe he's playing more because Williams is getting on and can't um, do three games a week, and Thompson wasn't a hundred percent fit. And uh, uh, Raul said after, um, after the game about Thompson, he, he was sure He wanted to start him, but he's not quite there fitness-wise.
3: No, so no,
4: So that's no. probably my time especially with Malumbi's yellow card. So, yeah, with Leonard, I think it's it's a tricky one because I think he's a decent player. But you yeah. know Harry was saying in our group chat the other day, last night, about certain players who we need to just get rid of in terms of stepping up. I think he might be, Ryan Leonard might be one of those players that just isn't in a squad that is a like a top of the championship. And that suits team, him. Really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's I not. to like, no, right. dis Ryan Lennon. I think he gets a hard deal, but he didn't do anything wrong yesterday. But he's just not an, like an amazing player.
3: I we've mentioned Jed in passing already. I, I thought it was one of Jed's better games last night. I thought he was, um, you know, the source of much um, angst amongst the Charlton defence. Um, Matt Smith started last night. I. Th- yeah, I just think we look we look better <coughs> with Matt, with Matt Smith up front. When when um, Bradshaw came in, although the goal followed, so maybe I'm going to damn myself with these comments. But I just think that Smith uh, he has he has his one dimensional aspects, Ryan. But I just think we look more dangerous with Smith out on the pitch. Would you would you would you yeah. would you agree uh, or uh, you know? Yeah, well, I thought
4: I thought yesterday. I think
3: the Smith one is it's a real kind of headache for Rowett because
4: like you said, he, he's our, our best goal scorer and a lot of the time recently he's been on the bench. And it's, I think, if you look, say you compare Swansea and and last night's game against Charlton, I think what you see is in that 5-2-3 where we've got two wingers, Smith can't play in that because he needs players no. close to him. And if Miller yeah. wants to, against Swansea, we're pressing really aggressively, sitting deep and then really spring their trap. And so, unfortunately, Smith, Smith just can't play in that. So I was really happy actually to see Rowett Find a, a system that has that back five that we look so strong with that Smith can play in. And I think his in the air, he was really, really strong. He won a lot of flick ons and especially early, like in the first half, first half an hour maybe, won a lot of flick ons that fell to middle players and maybe just couldn't quite do something with his teammates. Yeah. Posing yeah, um, yeah. him a massive nuisance in the box. I know there was a lot of uh, kind of claims for a penalty. I know his tweet afterwards, he did that wrestling tweet saying scenes from the box. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to see the replays on some of those, but they did look like some questionable calls where he was being uh, manhandled by the Charter defence. So Oh, practically rugby tackling.
3: I mean, yeah. It was, it was um, American football. They might have been done for holding shirts and whatnot in that.
4: one of those. You sound like a broken record complain about it because we just never get those decisions. I think there was one game earlier in the season against Brentford where we, we got a penalty from the corner where Hutchson was being held, but that's the only decision I think we've got all season from one of those. So. <clears throat> um but no i think smith was really good i thought he was he was actually really good defensively i think his work rate yesterday he seemed to be running just a bit harder and yeah, especially yeah. with a bit of help up there and defending narrow he he did seem to close down more and get a bit more stuck in than he normally does so i was impressed with him and like you say brad bradshaw didn't offer much when he came on but then obviously the goal follows so and we were changing shapes and the game was getting a bit more stretched then so i think with bradshaw he just really low on confidence he's obviously it's, a very good player he's obviously a very good player who who has that um, ability and I thought I thought it, it typified him against Swansea the the half kind of hard penalty appeal where he let the ball run across him and I'm just thinking I saw that and it's you know, an informed Bradshaw gets under control and gets a shot away or gets under control and wins the penalty and, and, yeah. and gets Swansea he kind of did neither. and he's just I think he's just slightly out of touch and he's a bit low on confidence he just needs you know like I say one to go in off his arse there, the
3: there was a move last night where I think it came down the left um, and the ball was put into the box, and Bradshaw was the length of the byrow, got in my hand away from touching the ball, and it would have gone in for one nil at that stage. It was still nil 0 I think, when that move was 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 made. And you know, it's it's a cliche, Ryan, but the fine margins of football are cruel, aren't they? Because one, you know, what the byrow's length away from scoring a goal, putting the getting the monkey off of his back, and back in as as a striker that people will take seriously again. Whereas at the, you know, that. That was missed, and um, as it was, it was the enigma called Conor Mahoney that did the work that created the goal. And um, it's a tough, it's a tough gig in some ways, I think football. But um, yeah, great goal, great goal. I, I really, I, I want to see Conor Mahoney drifting in from the left, having a pop at goal like he did last night. That's what you want to see. He he is a hard to understand player sometimes. Connor yeah,
4: Mahoney. He, um, it's really annoying because. I mean, I I like Conor Mahoney. Pre-season, he had a lot of hype around him against that friendly against Sociedad, was it? Um, Yeah. He looked really, really good. Um, And then he had the uh, obviously nothing really doing in the season. Then New Year's Day against Luton, he was absolutely fantastic. Got the goal, got an assist, and you're like, right, here we go. And then it quite doesn't happen again for him. And I mean, it it is really frustrating. Like against Swansea, he came on for Bennett at half time, obviously, and. I think he was dispossessed more than any other player. He looked laboured. Yeah, bit it was, he was running.
3: ineffective, you know. What yeah, I
4: mean? and he just he would square up defenders, and they just they just beat him. They just tackle him straight away because they just knew what he was doing. So yesterday there was a, he managed to get a good few crosses in. He was he was just a bit lively. I don't know. He just had a bit more spring in his step, and he um, was just a bit more decisive with his actions, with his body feints. And I think he he did really well. The shot was excellent. I thought it was in um, when he hit it. So he hit it so well. And obviously it was it you know his goalkeeper mistake fumbling the ball, but it was also yeah. the power of the shot really. That was, was, ru- that right
3: was ruthless. That was ruthless finishing from Jake oh, yeah. Cooper, who oh um, you know he has it in him.
4: He? He's a he, he can play one he can play what one to eleven I think Cooper.
3: I think he can. It's most <laughs> often for, for for a boy of his of his height and his size, and he's a big boy when you you know when you see him up up close he, he's he's a tall guy and. You know you're right. I mean, I'd also say going back to Hutchinson earlier on. I mean, both have being given license to press forwards, yeah. to drift into unlikely positions, uh, Ryan. I mean, yeah. you know, for Jake to be um, pushing out wide, Hutchinson to be going out wide on occasions and going forwards. Um, they've both got the uh, the palate to 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 step up to these these roles.
4: Yeah. Well, that, I, was, I,
3: I, I that, was, that was that was striker finishing last night. I, 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 yeah. You know, it was excellent.
4: Yeah. It was excellent. I think I, I tweeted last night um, just after the game that. And I I do think this. I think Cooper is generally becoming one of my favourite middle players. Uh, um, I think of all time, really, up there. Um, and he's he's probably becoming one of our best defenders of all time. He's he's such a good player. He as a defender. I remember when we got him off Reading. He was he was um I, my friends a Reading fan and I was like oh who's this kid like and he's like oh he's um you know he's been good for the I think he played a, f- a few times for the first team but mainly in the under twenty threes and he was saying you know he's he's good. He's um you know he's tall. He's really he's good defensively. But he has a bit of a ricket in him, so he's not you know, and he, he said, oh, he gets a goal from set pieces, which, you know, we know all about. Not so much this year, but last year. Yeah. But he's just come on leaps and bounds every year for Millwall. And even s- since Rowick has come, um, come in, him his, his passing on the ball, his confidence, there was one point where, um, I think in the, in the first half, he's got the ball at his feet, the striker comes and pressures him, and he just kind of steps past him, and just takes a few steps and plays a simple pass. And it's, you know, under under Harris, his his long diagonal ball was excellent so he's got a good long range passing but you thought that was all there was to him yeah and i agree now we're seeing that oh actually he can get forward and he can be involved in attacking moves and he's not afraid to take a player on and he's not afraid to you see the run he made yesterday so far out wide of um mahoney to then be the first player following up with a real poacher's instinct And, and i generally think his long-term contract will prove to be some of the best business mill have done this season they've done some really good work at the board signing players down long term but cooper is is has got to be one of the best because the more he plays like this the more Premier League teams surely are looking at him being like right well here's a player who they must can, be. they can must play be. in a two can play in a three is comfortable you know doing that sheffield united inspired overlapping center backs thing he's not the fastest i thought when the um he has been playing in the centre of the back three recently with with Murray Wallace on the left of it. I think he's looked really good because it covers his lack of pace yep. and also it, it puts him in the centre where like he just doesn't lose anything in the air. You know, someone who's six foot seven or wherever he is shouldn't lose anything in the air, and he just doesn't. And um, you know, like he, when was the last time he missed a game for Millwall? It's coming up to almost well, two seasons now, and he hasn't yeah, missed a Yeah, there's some game
3: outrageous stat, isn't there?
4: That's he just is. ridiculous for a centre back, you know, picking up injuries. You see, like Hutchinson alongside him, who's who can pick up an injury every now and then. Yellow cards, he never puts a foot wrong. I cannot remember Jake Cooper getting yellow cards. He's just, um, he's just a fantastic player. And um, yesterday, that the goal, he really deserved it.
3: We've put the hex on him now for midweek. I'm sure he's <laughs> going to foul up against Middlesbrough in the week. <laughs> um, I also want to mention, just name, I mean, Ben Thompson came into the game last night and, as a sub, and that was great to see. Loved the energy that Ben brings and the enthusiasm for the game. And, you know, he's a player that makes stuff happen. Um, I also want to mention Billy Mitchell, uh, Ryan, who I think, stepped in with aplomb last night, he, replacing some big shoes there in, in Marlon Romeo who was taken out. And for young Billy to come in and look so comfortable, um, you know, he's, he's a real prospect, I think.
4: Yeah, he's... Um... He's he is a good player, and I think it was interesting. I think everyone kind of eyebrows raised when he came on at, at wing back, and I think Romeo was just um, had a bit of a tight hamstring. So he, he, I don't think he's injured or anything, but just precautionary. Um, so I think yeah, it was really impressive with Mitchell. He got forward really well. Um, there was a couple times where you can see the players around him really kind of giving him encouragement and giving him confidence on the ball. He um, he contributed well. He he's, he's just full of energy and. It, it's a shame, I think, uh, you know, Rowett wants to play him, but it's it's a bit early and also our midfield options at the moment are quite packed with five or six different players, especially with Thompson getting back to fitness now. So it is almost maybe finding a place for him in the team. But if he proves to be that player for Rowett in training and in matches where, look, I'll step in the right wing back, I'll step in on midfield, I'll step in wherever, yeah. you know, obviously long-term he's going to be a midfielder, but if he can show he has that versatility, I mean Mill fans will love him because it's that work rate and it's that ethic and I think to end the game with uh, the two Mill boys on the pitch with Thompson and Mitchell is uh, really nice you know and it just means a bit more to them I imagine and uh, yeah I'm really I'm really impressed with Barry Mitchell I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what we can make of him next year
3: I just want to close us out um with um a passing reference to Cholton. the the Scone commentary team were referring repeatedly to Lyle Taylor not being in their side because he does not want to injure himself for short of a new contract. Um, I thought they looked very toothless. So my, my note to myself: no Lyle Taylor, no bite for children. Um, Is he the kind of player that you would look for Mill to be interested in, or you know, does he? Is that the kind of striker that we need to to make our season different next year? Because we have suffered a little bit for not for not executing moves and not scoring goals this season. Would that be the kind of man that you'd be thinking of? Or somebody else, perhaps? Um I think um, fair question. I'm sure. No, no, I think I think it's uh obviously a lot of
4: teams are gonna be looking at him. That's obviously why he's not playing, because he knows yeah. he'll get a contract elsewhere. Yeah. I don't know where he's setting his sights on obviously on the top half sort of of the league, probably pushing for playoffs. He's I think he's thirty one. He's 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 old now, though, like, but let me double check his age. But he's getting on. Um yeah. So you know, it's the sort of thing where maybe for the oh he's thirty years old. So for the wages he's demanding, maybe not worth it in terms of long term because he's obviously you know he's come up through the leagues.
3: He's, he's older than the, you think. I didn't know. Well, I, th- I thought twenty four, twenty five. No, this, so this is
4: the thing. So he's this is why basically he's not. This is why he's leaving Charlton because he's he was at Wimbledon before. He was he was Tom Elliott's strike partner. It appears we um we reached for the wrong one but um, he was <laughs> Tom Elliott's strike partner in Wimble- at Wimbledon and uh, he so he's been at the lower leagues and I think he's maybe played in long league a bit for his career so this is why he's left Charlton to this will be the last yeah. contract of his career and so he'll you know, need
3: to make it a decent one it's exactly, a and, syndrome,
4: isn't it? exactly. So, and you can't really begrudge a player for that no no, no no the circumstances no, no. for Charlton but I think But the, the, the problem will be obviously post-Covid it will depend on people's finances I think before COVID, there's a lot of gullible teams in the championship that would pay over the price for him um, because they think he'll guarantee goals. And, you know, if, if Mill took him, I don't think I'd say no. Um, he's obviously a very good finisher, but Mill's main problem will be creating chances again. So as, as much as it's easy to say, oh, we need a 20-goals-a-season 20, 20 striker, um, we have work to do with our midfield, I think, mainly. To, to bring in a couple creative players who can create a few more chances for us, but you know, I think the, the, it'll be very competitive to get players on freeze. But I'm sure Mill will be making inquiries and seeing
3: seeing if he's uh, available. That's fantastic stuff. Big thank you to Ryan Loftus. You were there last night, mate. Did you enjoy your your Friday night in in Shelton? I thought it was excellent. I think um, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if it came across
4: on the the TV, but. I, obviously, with the lack of fans, it's, it's a real shame for derbies. But I thought the players made it a derby on the pitch. I don't know if it they came did. across.
3: They the, the, the
4: volume that they were shouting for things and the tackles that were going in, it was a lot feistier than I was expected. And it was a close match, but um, it was really good. And I think the fans in the tower block at the end was a great, great touch for, for the players. I think Pierce was clapping the uh, empty stands. And then he noticed there was someone hanging out a balcony with a Millwall flag. A few, a few lads having some beers in there. Absolutely. They, they got their moment there. So it was really nice. And uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed
3: it. Well done, Ryan. Many thanks to you, mate. I'll let you get on with your day. All the All best right. and thanks thanks for joining us today. Take Thank you, care,
0: well, The Gary Rowett has got two plans, and if they don't work. somehow somehow have to shit house our way a goal. That squad is not good enough to get promoted. If we, the fact we're in a playoff race is testament to the work the squad has done. They are overperforming want to be serious about getting out of this division. A lot of that squad needs to go. Ryan Woods included. He is another ton of cliff. You're all going to turn around and
3: say, I just don't like that type of player. And you're right. He's not for the money that he's going to be. He's not
0: good enough for me. Mitch will look good when he come on, but are we relying on him now? There's other players that need to have a look at themselves, but fuck it, we won. The playoff dream continues for another day. Here's
3: my 10 second
2: match review. Oh, Jake Cobra. Sponsored by Husky Chop. Jerry Scalak here. I could summarise the performance, I could talk about specific players, but I don't give a fuck right now. Charlton 0, Millwall 1. Have some of that. You will never beat Millwall. Fantastic. It's still on.
1: Just.
3: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals
2: like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: Huge thank you to Ryan for taking time out of his morning and joining me on the show. And now the same emotions go to one of my favourite guests, Mr. Dave Collins. Welcome to the show, Dave.
2: Winner winner, husky dinner. <laughs> How are you?
3: <laughs> I was I I I, I said to, to Ryan, um, Friday night football has its advantages on TV, doesn't it? Because you you know, it's when you win anyway, because you go to bed happy. Um, hopefully you're happy overnight and then you're happy when you wake up the next morning. It's it's, it's a great feeling, isn't it? Um beating beating the right. addicts. Beat, beat, beat uh, Charlton, you don't
2: get better than that. No, beating the anoraks, it always, uh, is quite, it's, it's always a, a joyous uh, occasion. Well, maybe not for them or in the words of that uh, Charlton fan who's got that real bad case of smallpox. We just <laughs> can't beat them. Can't beat them. It's a funny old rivalry, don't you think? I mean, you know, we, we, we
3: did a few nostalgic shows over the break and... Um, you know, I, I I never used to think of Charlton as rivals. I I still don't, in truth. But it's nice beating them, nevertheless. It's but it's not like um, putting one over on West Ham or Spurs or Chelsea, is it? It's not at that level. It's just like they're an, an, an annoyance, and it's just nice to bat the annoyance away
2: for me. It is. I always think of uh, Cheltenham. Yeah, I, I, I I I don't think of them as a sort of rivals as such. I always look at sort of. A prism of the f- of famous fans, so you know, West Ham, I, I absolutely detest. I think of James Corden, and I think a lot yeah. of people detest yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That. Um, Palace, I think of Susanna Rees because she do not <laughs> understand football like all the middle class. And then when you come to Charlton, I think one of the most famous fans is Steve Davis, and that probably says everything about Cholton. Yeah, I think they, they claimed Hale and Pace back in the days
3: when Hale and Pace were TV Hale. comedians of, of note and they used to do like a routine about Millwallies and things, you know. Thanks
2: and there's, right. just
3: something, there's just something a bit nerdy about them. I, my, one of my early earliest memories when I first started going to football, because this was, I'm going back to um, school days here, listeners, so we're, we're really digressing off of last night now, but um, you about to, to alternate between going to Millwall one week and going to Chilton the other week, because um, going away was not a prospect for me at the age of 13, 14. But one of the things I remember is when they used to go to Millwall, you'd have blokes on the terrace and calling, um, a Dunfer, you fucking cunt, Dunphy, you know, um, <laughs> or screaming a hellfire abuse at the, at the referee or an opponent. You know, it was it was serious work. And, the, you know, the kind of – one of the first things that struck me, Dave, was was the aggression, you know, this, this the bloke's veins bulging in their, their foreheads, screaming at their own players, at the opposition players, anything, the sky, anything, you know. Um, and then I remember going to Charlton one one week, um, 73, 74-ish, something like that, and there was a bloke there calling um, – one of the Charlton players, I can't remember which one, but he called him a nana. You <laughs> nana. <laughs> I thought, what <laughs> – a yeah. nana that's, my, that's what my mum would have called somebody you know she didn't she didn't swear you know um I thought that in that moment i've never lost that contrast between <laughs> you can't feel you nana whatever it was colin powell oh. or someone I don't know.
2: <laughs> probably uh oh who was there uh their striker. who was there Derek owls Derek, he was their killer Go <laughs> cool, kill Go yeah. cool, kill oh man anyway we digressed from <laughs> last night
3: a strong performance, uh, Dave, last night, I thought. A real grind of a game. But what a strong performance by Millwall overall.
2: Yeah, I thought it was overall. It was a really good performance. Uh, I thought the um, the first half, I thought Millwall were uh, the better team. thought we lost that way. The game lost its way, I thought, for, for probably the first 30 minutes of the second half.
1: Yeah. And I don't
2: think the substitutions and, and, you know, the amount of substitutions help and all that. And then... Know, getting a, a, a late goal, um, I think was um, probably one nil was um, probably a fair uh, reflection. Not that Lee Bowyer would uh, agree with that, but who do you no. about him? I was,
3: I was just before we started speaking this, and I was just trying to think of ways to kind of introduce Dave into the, into the show and conversation today. Not, not he needs any introduction, but um, and I thought managers' haircuts, and I don't know why, but I I I've become vaguely. Um, fixated on Lee Bowyer's hairstyle um there's there's a great um someone's put a crowdie on online there's an like image of last night's iconic interview with him where he's saying um it hurts you know that the, the result hurts but he's got a very strange haircut Dave anyway I don't know if you've ever studied his hair but it's it's lighter on top and darker underneath is he dyeing it is he, is he is he using blonde um blonde and easy or what, 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 what do you think's going on there with his hairstyle
2: well, I haven't had air since I was 24, so <laughs> I think about 1995, I shaved it off and that was that. So <laughs> that was that, yeah. I've struggled with me beers, mate, in lockdown, but that's completely <laughs> out of control now, Moises is getting the hump with it, but, you know, I'm, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I don't struggle with the air, but yeah, I mean, I've never, his air, it's fucking ridiculous, but then again, I've never liked him as a person anyway.
3: no. So, no. No, um, I was trying to analyse the 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 vehemence because it's never really crossed Mill's path as a player. I mean, he scored when we they last beat us, which was in the uh, one the wonderful word uh, the time of uh, Anglo Saxons, as someone's put on. one of the, I think Charlie's, but Beowulf. That is it. The time of Beowulf <laughs> when they last beat us, and um, I don't know he scored then, but he's never really crossed that path. But it, he's he's so dislikable, isn't he? I I I can't. Um, I can't give any rational analysis to it,
2: really. No, the only thing I could think, of, to be honest, when he was originally at Charlton, because it was Charlton, it just passed me by. I didn't even know who he was. But then he went to West Ham, didn't he? And then he went to Leeds. So he sort of yeah. He went to... as well. He went to two or three sort of clubs, and so what about Yeah. It, but he went to Leeds and West Ham, didn't he? We so obviously, you know, we did like him for them reasons. But uh, he's just a, a bit of an arrogant, horrible bloke as well. Always, he's always come across as, he might be a charmer in real life, but he can not come across that way at all.
3: I doubt that. I mean, there's a great, uh, Jane Jacobs said that Bowyer's Barnet looks like an inverted skunk. And I think that's a great choice <laughs> of, of, of uh, delivery. But I mean, the, 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 the post-match interview would be iconic, I think. That, will, that, that, that interview will go down to... Into- Mill, Mill folklore. He um, actually
2: uh, falls into the same. he's the, the, what I think about him, feel about him. Um, and you sent me a couple of uh, WhatsApps before we talked. He, uh, Gary Fainsworth, and his Barnet. Now Gary Fainsworth <laughs> falls into the same category for me as uh, Bowyer, just something who I completely dislike. And the fact is that we was touting him as the manager or something. Well, that was going yeah, to be my leading. That was going to be my leading because I mean that was I, I thought it
3: was a strong team performance and Gary Rowett making substitutions that, you know, they worked last night, but, you know, seeing Gareth Ainsworth at uh, the Wickham game, looking like he's a, he's fronting um, Saxon or someone like that from the (laughs) 80s heavy metal scene. Um, that could have been our manager, Dave, you know, um,
2: until I read your text, I thought it was Bruce Dickinson. (laughs) But he's got
3: the pot. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Dickinson, but he's let himself go. Um, some some good substitutes. I mean, it was really nice to see uh, Ben Thompson coming back into, into things last night. One of our own, as, as, as they say. But also young Billy Mitchell. I thought he did a really, you know, a, a mature performance for a youngster coming into a, a difficult difficult scene last night. A windswept, rainy local derby on a Friday
2: night. Not easy. And I thought he did well. Yeah, I thought Billy Mitchell played well when he came on. In fairness, it must be difficult for him because he came on um for um, romeo and um i thought he, he actually played pretty well in the first half Romeo bombed up and down the right so it was just, you know, hard for billy to come in but he, he he done a good job i think ben thompson he made it look he, he, I, I like ben thompson a lot i think he made a small difference i don't think he would made a massive difference but what he did do was i thought before he brought ben thompson on um in that first half there was Three or four times we seem to be quite strong down the right hand side. I yeah. Think, but, yeah. Um, and put, Jed put some really good crosses in, but there was no midfield runs supporting Matt Smith up front. And he was, he, he almost got a bit sort of like, he was a bit alone and a bit distant at times when the crosses were coming in because there was no one anywhere near Matt Smith, no no midfield runners running through, really. Yeah. You know, uh, and obviously Ben Thompson's got that sort of, uh, sort of engine to be able to bomb to up and down a bit more maybe than um, the others oh,
3: it's like. i thought that would have been ryan Leonard's role i mean you know if he's if he's in the side i'm not here to knock ryan Leonard. i, I quite like him but you know that's a good point you're making there because we've got matt smith as the lone front man and i i, I don't um put myself forward as any kind of tactician here but you, you, he does need someone with him um, and I would have thought that would be Ryan Leonard making the run forward from midfield to to get in amongst it and support him and, and make stuff happen around the box. But he, he looks a little bit lost at the moment, Ryan Leonard. I think he's a good player, just trying to carve out a,
2: a niche for himself yeah, in the yeah. team. I think the format, I, I, I like... I mean, we've got a few games, we've got five more games. Yeah. I quite yeah. like the idea, although I wouldn't normally, but there is no normal at the moment. So I quite like the idea of changing the tactics almost game by game and just almost giving the opposition no idea of how we're going to play. The only concern about that is obviously you've got to have the players understanding what they're meant to be doing and I just felt last night that we were strong down the right, we was a little bit less so down the left and I just felt that in that first half there was the, the midfield what was, a, I suppose, a midfield three, really. I mean, Sky had it up as a 3-5-2, a but now yeah. it afterwards said it was a 5-3-2. Yeah. So, three midfielders never really sort of were getting up and supporting. Matt Smith was getting some into some good positions, probably. I, I actually, I mean, I don't normally sort of cry for penalties that often. I thought he had one or two absolute stonewall penalties that should have been given, to be honest. They were, they were all over him. One in the, right. second, yeah. the second half, he, he got one when he almost, he, I think it was Ben Thompson cut cut a ball back and he had a chance and the player almost, he almost, he, he, he dived at him like head yeah. first rather than tackling him. And in the first half, some of the shirt pulling was outrageous. But even then, I, I didn't see any of the three midfielders really sort of getting, you, when you when you looked at it on replays, you saw Deb Wallace putting a great ball in, you saw Matt Smith, Getting on the end or trying to get on the end of it, and then no other midfield players in the box, you no. know. Uh, and and I, that was one of the themes that come across last night. That the formation was good, but maybe, maybe injuries. I don't know. I mean, you're right. Leonard, Leonard just thinks we're think getting forward, you know.
3: I mean, we, we, we're missing Mason Bennett. Who I think has established himself as a must pick very quickly really, given that he's only been at the club or had opportunities to play over a very short period of, of the season really. But I thought we missed him last night because he does bring energy and hunger for the ball and he wants it and he wants to get in the mix. And I like the look of Mason Bennett. I know he's had his problems, but that's great to see in the side. And I think we missed out a little bit in for the bulk of the game last night. Um until until we brought the enigma that he's kind of Mahoney in, who oddly, you know, despite all the criticisms, actually does have the ability to create stuff and the, he created the goal for us really
2: with that little drifty run in from the left and shot yeah on the, on the he move. did he, he done, i mean that was the you know done really well there and I, I, it's it, it's a tough one with him because he does get a lot of criticism he gets a fair rollback of criticism um on your show nick uh but in fairness you either Persevere with that type of person who you know is going to put a performance in, maybe off of the bench once in a while, and when he does it, it's a winning performance. Yeah, scored a goal, but without him, we wouldn't have scored the goal. Or you just sack him off. You know, I personally, he's one of these people that you probably it frustrates you week in week out, but he can do something a little bit different. And, And I thought when him and Thompson come on. The whole midfield dynamic—it was different to what it was in the first half. It was—it was a bit more functional, the free in midfield, and it was a bit more dynamic in the later. Maybe because we was chasing the game as well. I think there was no doubt about that. In fairness, one of my notes was I thought both teams were sort of—it was a unbelievably—I thought the game was open after about fifteen minutes.
3: Yeah, it was—it was a—it was a—it was a grind of a game in some ways, but I thought it was—it was good to watch because it was a traditionally. English contest with two teams of, you know, differing abilities and differing um, le- levels of danger in front of goal, but both wanted it, Dave, both needed a win, both wanted a win, both were going for it, and I think that was actually great to see, really, as a, you know, as, as a fan of of, of, uh, of both clubs, really, you know, um, at least both both gave it everything they had to give,
2: you know. Um, I like. Well, so one of the sort of weird things about, you know, one of the only good things about lockdown football, and there ain't many of them, mm. um, is that obviously when you sit there in your kitchen or in your dining room, wherever you are, you know, you, you've got your notepad and pen out, especially you when you're sort of doing the, you know, you're going to yeah. have a chat with, uh, with, with Nick the next day. So I will, a couple of stats flashed up on the screen, which yeah. were quite interesting. One was a stat of Cholton's that they haven't won a single game where they've had over 50% of the play. Um, and I saw that. Did yeah, you see I that stat? That. Yeah, when that interesting. Came up, I was worried, actually, because that is a mere wall stat, because we never <laughs> have more than 50% of the play. Um So I thought no. this is going to be a strange game here, because you've got two teams who are used to less than 50% of the ball, and one of them's got to have more than 50% of the ball, you know. I
3: mean, so, I, I thought... I thought they looked okay to a degree. I, I I don't think they looked like relegation fodder, if I'm going to be fair-minded. Um, they, they lacked firepower in front of goal. Um, I, I mentioned to to Ryan, um, Bart Bielkowski, who I thought did well, because they did have a few shots on, on yeah. target across the game, and he made some great saves on when necessary. And I think he's a really reassuring presence in goal, Dave, isn't
2: he? He is. He is. Um, um, he don't make... He is reassuring. You no, know, personally, you could argue maybe that free kick against the own last home game. Yeah, it you know, we'll could have done a bit better there, right? But that's unusual. That ain't the norm. You know, normally he's he's decent. So uh, yeah, no, it's good to have him in the back. I mean, to be honest, my personal view of the of that formation last night. As a back five or back six with the keeper, it was solid. I think um, Matt Smith done what he was, what he's asked to do. Jed Wallace done pretty well. Obviously, another game on Sky. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, for me, you know, and I listen to your shows regularly, and a couple of people were. Uh, It's weird. I think Woods is a a bit of an enigma. There's people out there Woods is, you know, um, I can't remember, one of your callers described him in some outrageous fashion and you said about... um, the whatever you're drinking, the skulls, the pool skulls of London, yeah.
3: I mean, high praise. Um, I mean, I was just talking to Ryan. I mean, when the show goes out, that you know, this, this conversation will follow on from the conversation with Ryan. Um, and you know, they're giving high praise to Ryan Woods last night. Um, I, I, I a bit like Conor Mahoney here, Dave. I, I, I can see the qualities of both players. I, I mean, uh, Conor Mahoney is a, is is a match winner. You know, he's he can do things that other players can't do. He can make these runs. It's just the consistency that we're probably criticising him for, or have criticized him today. I can see also Ryan Woods because when he's when he's on point and he's playing the balls and you know, when he's he, he, when he's fired up, um I can see the effectiveness of the player. It's just it doesn't seem to or hasn't yet produced it often enough with us, and maybe not over over his career, because he's he's a player that's
2: not really settled anywhere other than Brentford. Um, I think, in that formation last night, when you've got that sort of triangular three in the midfield, if you like, you've either got someone like Woods or Williams sitting at the base, who get the ball and pass it around, and then the other two need to be the ones that are getting up and supporting Matt Smith. And um, for me, Woods done a a half-decent job yesterday, and I just think we weren't getting up supporting um, Matt Smith, really, but you know, um, yeah, again, we are we were a bit powder, you know, as a squad, we're probably a bit powder puff up front. You know, we are missing a 20 goal a season, man. Clearly, Matt, Matt yeah. does a good job, but you know, he is one dimensional, which there's nothing wrong with that, but he does in in row its own sort of uh. Um what he what he says he 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 fixes certain formations, and there's other times when he wants to pick him, but he can't pick him because it don't work in that formation, so he's one dimensional.
3: I've got a few tweets here that I've picked out um from last night, one that really caught my eye was from Jake Sanders, a, a journalist um jake uh, sanderson 92 on Jake sanders on 90 uh, 92 on twitter he says only west brom with 28 points have taken more away points than Mills 23 since gary Rowett took over one more than brentford two more than leeds and fulham impressive stuff i mean i i think that is impressive that's a that's that's a that's a real statistic um i think we do set ourselves up well as an away side traditionally i know that there is no home and away at the moment but we do set ourselves up to to be very solid to defend well and then to hit on the break and that's largely speaking worked away from home i think it's the it's the ignition at home that's the that's the problem isn't it dave and 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 the and and um unlocking defenses and and taking a game to the to the opposition when we're in front of the den crowd you know that's that's where it's the season's gonna if it's gonna get away from us yet and we'd still Five games to go, I think. Is there a- five games?
2: Yes, five games. And that's where you need, in the last five games, someone like Mahoney, to get his head in the gear and probably have three out of five really good games. Yes. If he if he starts or off the bench, because we haven't got them people, you know, Jed Wallace aside, who can unpick defensive really. Well, on
3: that I and mean, there's a reply to that that statistic that Jake's posted there from a bloke calls himself Dave Dopey. Um, he says, yes, uh, but 17, 17 bloody draws. Imagine if we had seven of those draws being wins and a couple of losses. So, you know, in other words, imagine if we'd have opened out some of those draws to turn them into wins or into results one way or the other. Um, and it is, it is that point, isn't it? It's that, it's that ability to, um, you know... To turn a game, players like Mahoney are where you look to to, to find that ability because they do have the the skill, but they just
2: don't produce in the in the moment, unfortunately. No, um, you know you're right. I, but I, you know, I, this is where I think, you know, just going labouring back on a previous point. I think that if rowley takes the decision to almost tinker with the formations every game that's left. That could work to our advantage because the opposition will not yesterday Charlton set up one way and then after about 15-20 minutes, they had to change their formation because we was all over we was all over them because they obviously set yes. up not for that formation. So I'm I'm quite happy as a short term, as I say, in a new normal fashion until this season's over and done to so have that type of approach where we're almost changing formations week in, week out. I mean, we're in the last chance saloon now anyway, so we've got nothing to lose. No, that's
3: true. And, and the win last night um, keeps the season alive i think we're eighth coming into today's um you know range of fixtures i think um obviously with a couple of points behind Cardiff, subject to them playing Nottingham forest so we shall see it does keep interest in the season i think for that alone the rowett and the squad deserve credit dave don't you know i mean to be still in the mix however faintly at this point is a huge achievement given um you know given where the starting point was um, well, it's
2: interesting, Nick, because if you just cast your mind back a couple of years ago, we was probably, in the heady days of having that ridiculous run under Neil Harris?
3: Yeah. yeah we yeah.
2: was probably, with five games to go, around about two to three points off of the playoffs. And the majority of people, because we had been on that run, it was almost... We're going to do this. We're going to make. We, we, we're going to make the top six here, and I think one game before the last, we did actually hit the six, and then it fell away. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. and it's weird that it probably shows how much we've come on as a team and a squad that we're sitting two points out with five games to go, and the others have got six, but we're seeing it as yeah, we got an outside chance, you know, but let's not get our ropes up. Our mindset has changed into being i feel under row into being a top 12 team rather than a, a team that just stays up
3: yeah i agree i mean and that that run there that 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 was 2017 the Cahill return wasn't it every game yeah. it was it was it, that's that run of form there which ultimately came to an end in front of uh, the packs house in front of fulham but that run was what i think of as the classic mill adrenaline ride it was roller coaster you know every game was you know, you're on the edge of your seat. You're We're, we're kind of getting results um, in kind of frenetic circumstances. You can almost touch the electricity in the den and, and, and away in those kinds of runs. This 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 team feels, I mean, clearly it needs a crowd to, to feed from. And, and Gary said that in the week. But it does feel a much more solid outfit, Dave, don't you think? I think that that was contrast that kind of cup tie run that we had there back in 2017 um, with this. There's a more solid feel to it. The, the, the team looks like it's adjusted to modern football.
2: Yeah, I, I feel that wherever this season ends up taking us, if you just pull yourself back to them three years ago, we are slowly turning ourselves into a mid-table established championship club rather than always thinking if we finish 21st, we've had a good season you know, by staying in the championship it's been an all right year. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I think and that to me is a big progression and a sign of success. You know, people obviously want more success and that's just uh, that's natural. But where we are at the moment to think that if we finish thirteenth, people will be hugely disappointed with that. Well, cast your mind back 12 24 months ago, that'd have been seen as a, a really good season.
3: Absolutely. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great summary, in my opinion, of, this, of the season so far, because we don't know how it's going to finish, but I think we have to be realistic yeah. that um, there's, there's, uh, there's other teams and other clubs in front of us, and um, we, we, we shall see. But I think that's, that's a great summation of where we're at at the moment and how much we've advanced since um, Gary Rowett's taken us over. Um, remains to be seen what becomes of us this year and what, what, the, um, what changes are made over a over break. I mean, I, I'm thinking um just allowed a little bit here nowadays but i mean i, I would think the likes of scalak will be um you know on the uh on the ryanair back
2: to um well, back back to prague i would think um well maybe if we were allowed to make seven substitutions a game he might get on he fact, might have a chance he well, can't the fact get on the pitch with five I mean, there's, there's there's a there's a there's
3: a message in there i mean i mean if we're looking to change it, we're bringing Mahoney in. I would, I would hope that Mahoney would become a must pick at some point. But Skalak's not featuring at all. Um, you know, there must be changes. I think that I think the side needs needs a little, a small amount of refresh built around the basics that we've we, we've spoken about. Yeah. Um, and you know, interesting next season to come, depending on um, how this this finishes.
2: I think so. I mean, to be honest, when you look at it. You know um five games for us six for the opposition uh i mean i've had a look at the 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 games that are left it's interesting because the derby have got a real tough uh, um running they've got forest at home west brom away Brentford away cardiff um home i think leeds home Birmingham away anyway they've got a tough they've got a tough uh, um running uh, Cardiff have got two or three tricky games. They've got Fulham uh, away, yep. Derby at home, um, and um, Blackburn, who, who still win the shout, you know, the game after next. So we've got probably us and Swansea have actually got the more easier runs in. Now, I've done some just what I think the outer results could pan out, and I personally think 70 points would get sixth place this year so we're on 59 that means we need 11 from the last five games to hit 70 points i've got cardiff hitting 70 points as well um and then swansea on 68 and and derby probably falling away um so and that's being pretty reasonable that's not looking at really with a meal all head on that's being pretty realistic about things so you know it's it's still there at the moment. I think one more defeat and that's it. We probably yep. need to win win our own game. Well, as you say, there's no home and away. Win three and draw two. I yep. think if you won three and drew two of your last five, that'd probably be enough to just um, pop me away into the sixth place. I like your
3: optimism, Dave. The listeners need to know that when I WhatsApp Dave to see if he's about for for, for, for talking today, I've got this optimistic level of, of 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 stats analysis back, and I like that. That's why I I like having you on the show, Dave Collins. That's, that's <laughs> wonderful stuff, mate. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> no, it's, um,
2: you know, it's just, um, I, I was just sitting there thinking about it yesterday, looking at the odds, something I do like, do like a flutter now and then, and, Cardiff are in at 5-4 on for the 6th place, and, and, and Millwall at 4-1. Um, Swansea at 7-1, you know, actually. Yeah. You... Really, really great value bet seven 7-1 to, to finish 6th. I mean, they, they have got quite They've got one hour game. They've got leads at home. That's all yeah, they've got. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, did pick up a couple of uh, decent tweets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I saw you on Twitter there. Michael Go Calvin, a crowd <laughs> than usual. <laughs> uh, someone uh, called C.A.F.C. Paul. Go Turns on. No, the we new want... normal isn't C.A.F.C. beating Millwall.
3: <laughs> it's never you been know. normal. Nin- 1996 <laughs> since they beat us. That's so incredible, was <laughs> not
2: it? My favourite one of all, though. This was, uh, I love this one. This is from uh, George. He may sound British, but he's Portuguese because I had to translate his tweet um <laughs> It said, England's hottest clubs one, Millwall, two, Leeds, three, Liverpool. Don't even come with shit because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know about that, George. <laughs> I oh, like
3: boy, the Millwall that. part. There we are. That's great stuff. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to close this one. I'm just going to top your tweet there because I, I like this one by someone's having to laugh at playmaker stats, England playmaker stats. Um, best do- double figures for goals and assists across Europe. Um, we've got Kevin De Bruyne, 10 goals, 16 assists. Um, Serge Gnabry of, of Germany, 12 and 10. Lionel Messi, Dave, uh, 22 goals, 17 assists. Jaden Sancho, I think plays in the Dortmund, uh, seventeen goals, sixteen assists, and then Jed Wallace in the same sentence, <laughs> 10, ten goals and ten assists. i so I have to top your George post there with that because I think it's just in the same De Bruyne, uh, Gnabry, Messi, Saint John, Jed.
2: <laughs> I have to admit, I saw that one, that I I didn't do a double. I took about a quadruple. That's an outrageous <laughs> sentence to put in any in any
3: posting. Uh, big thank you to to Dave Collins for taking time out of your Saturday just now afternoon. So thank you very much, Dave. I love thank the optimism, mate. Miser, mate. Um, and we'll speak again very very soon. I hope so. Thank you, Dave.
2: Yeah, I'll see you in the playoffs. <laughs> nice. Thank you for listening to the
0: Moor. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over the dirt, you will Till next time.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.